If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. All right, folks, it's been a minute. Welcome back to the Mount Muswire football podcast, mwire.com is where you can find all the stuff we're working on. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming up here pretty soon, Matt. I've been, to uh, say under the weather is a slight term, and not feeling great the past couple of weeks. We've delayed and just stuff's going on, but we're going to be back to a more regular schedule. So, and I know the draft is like a week old, but we're talking about the draft. Portal closed, spring football's done. And yeah, we'll kind of discuss what we're going on next few months, but we are back to talk just uh, shenanigans with uh, mountainless football. That's right. So, all right, let's just get get right to it because we people are missing what we're talking about. We don't want nonsense. We're not talking weird stuff or anything off the wall. So the draft happened. So every, almost everybody, I know it's week old, so bear with people. We're, we want to talk about stuff because it's fun. Um, Matt, from 1 to 10, how shocked were you that JL Skinner was not the first player selected from Boise State? Because everybody felt he was by and far probably potentially a late third-round pick. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, for those of you who out there who read, you know, Dane Brugler's The Beast, you know, document that he puts out every single year, uh, Skinner was a top 100 prospect. And so I, in retrospect, I suppose that I should not have been too surprised because I do think that this is now two years in a row where you know, we as 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 individuals who follow Mountain West football very closely have watched someone that we regarded fairly highly um, slip because of injury. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it has less to do with Skinner and more to do with the fact that he just was recently you know, banged up with the pectoral injury in the, in the lead up to the draft. But we saw the same thing last year with the, with Carson Strong, where I think we expected him to at least be a late round pick and he fell all the way to undrafted free agency. And now, if memory serves, he's in like, you know, playing in the USFL. So I think it sort of serves as a lesson, at least, you know, for me as someone who's, you know, very much not like a, like a professional draft analyst, like a, like a Dane Brugler or any of the other guys, like a pro football network or the draft network or any of those places. But it does serve as a useful reminder that, you know, we do have to take those injuries, I think, with a much larger, um, grain of salt, I guess you might say, than you would if if they went into that process totally healthy. Yeah, well, he did go six rounds to the Broncos, which it's not a bad spot because they have a good defense. Denver, even though their mm-hmm. offense, Russell Wilson, was just disastrous. Did he come? I'm looking at ourlads.com. He's listed as of right now before any real camps or competition as the third free safety. And being a six-round pick doesn't guarantee you be on a team. Just because you're drafted, you see guys get cut like Random fourth rounder is not likely, but yeah. like if you're fifth, sixth, or seventh pick, you still got to work your butt off to make this team. And I don't know a ton about the Broncos. Obviously, not, I know they have a good defense. We make jokes of Russell Wilson last year doing high knees going to London and disturbing people trying to sleep. All the jokes aside, you want to have, but like that's not a bad spot to be when the defense is that good. So if he could be close to somebody on that team and be one of the, see if he's a free safety, he's, he's like. Yeah, the third guy in that position, it'd be maybe try to be kind of a nickel back. But they're, the way that Arlott is listed, just to reference, they put left corner, right corner, like Patrick Sertain, really good, yeah, obviously. They also drafted Riley Moss in the third round as a cornerback. Yeah, and they also say, drafted, than, they went deep. Six guy? Oh, those are free agent guys, sorry. Two drafted yeah, players, it, Riley Moss and Skinner. Other than Sertan, you know, Quan Williams at the nickelback spot, and then Justin Simmons, who's listed as the number one guy at that pre-safety spot. 
Yeah. It seems like, you know, he should be at least in a competition to to be a role player right away, I would guess, especially since he's also it, proven that, you know, to be adept at contributing on special teams as well. You know, I think that, that's part of that ability kicks. and willingness to do the little things is going to endear him to both the coaching staff and that Broncos fan base, I would imagine. Because looking at that, what's good fish saying real quick? They, our lads also list a nickelback depth chart, which is kind of unique. So he's not listed under there, but they have a couple of younger guys under there, like undrafted guys they mentioned on here who are there, <clears> like uh, Kwan Williams. But looking at what, especially right now, it's Montreal Washington as the kick and part return. And there's also Kendall Milton, Hill, excuse me, Kendall Hinton, if people remember. Do you might know what Kendall Hilton's most famous for, Matt, for the Broncos? Oh, yeah, I remember being a quarterback at Wake Forest. No, play quarterback for the Broncos because of COVID issues. I know, but I, <laughs> I, was, I was making a joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wide receiver as well. So he's a guy that that could be because he's actually, I'm looking here, he's listed as their third receiver behind they draft to Marvin Mims. Tim Patrick should be back. You're like, why are you talking about wide receivers when you're talking about Jail Skinner? Well, what kick returner, punt returner, Kendall Hinton, that could be a spot where those two guys could be battling for they're basically similar players. They play two positions. They're more valuable. Can they hold two of those guys on that team to mm-hmm. be that same position? So that's something to look out before. And Montreal, Washington, obviously, hold, currently as of now, and sitting here middle of May, first week of May, he's their punt and kick returner on the team. So there's there's chance for him to be out there, and maybe it's a good spot where it's a good defense if he plays reasonably well. Stick around and go. But that was pretty surprising. I, mean, I think, but it's, the first I think pick, it's more likely he'll be out there blocking punts than returning them. That, yeah, that too. Oh, well, that's true. Didn't he have a couple field goal blocks? Yeah, a couple. I think. State, yeah. Did he have a scoop and score in one that Colorado State game? I think where they crushed everybody. Wasn't that him? Was it the Was it the Colorado State game or was it one of the New Mexico games? I'm B- trying to remember. Or maybe BYU game. I forget. There's was the BYU game. One of those games where they just crushed somebody with so many block kicks. But he was involved in those. I'm guessing. So yeah, there. I forgot about that too. Yeah, he plays up front too. So there's, if that's a position of need, where hey, if you want to be a playmaker, because look what like. We'll get to a second. Good move, Taysom Hill in the Saints. Like he can play special teams, tight end, quarterback, and so if you can do just a little bit and take over, if he plays one point seven five positions, well, it's better than somebody who plays one. And if it's close, so mm-hmm. there's that. But yeah, I forgot about his blocking ability. But let's go to the Saints, where the first pick of the draft for the Mountain West was Jay Kaner to New Orleans. Which, how do you feel about this? But I think it's a very intriguing spot for him. It could be a better a better spot than people think. Well, it's, I mean, to say it's yeah. bad news for Ian Book, right? Is he still on the roster? I forgot about him. That's yeah, what so. I was saying. Like, like <laughs> former Notre Dame quarterback. Yeah, because, because Book was a he was a was he also a fourth round pick or was he a third round pick? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I'll look real quick. You keep going here. But same situation as Skinner in the sense that you know because he's going to a team that just invested a lot of money in bringing in Derek Carr. Um, and also still has Jameis Winston on the roster. I think he's going to be Fourth in a really good base. situation where he'll be able to he'll be able to learn from both guys. And how much you want to learn? From, wait, wait, you want to learn from from thirty thirty man Jameis Winston? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think for Winston, for all of his faults, it's, there's no doubt that he's got a cannon arm. He's a veteran quarterback. Oh. Um, and and I think that you know, give the, the arcs of their careers aren't quite the same. But I do think that having both he and Carr in the same locker room together will definitely provide a, a pretty substantial suppository of knowledge um, for, for someone like Heiner to learn in, especially since he's also going to an offense that, you know, has fallen off just a touch over the last couple of years, but they still have Alvin Kamara. They still have Michael Thomas, Chris Olave. Mm. They just added Jamal Williams. So... You know, in the event and that he they is... drafted uh, Kendall Moore from TCU, I believe it was, or Kendall Moore, the running back from TCU. Uh, Kendra Miller, yeah, Kendra Miller, yeah, I got that's close. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, but the the idea being that he's going to a situation where the offense is well stocked and he's not going to be expected to be like the guy right away. Oh, not even close. But I think that'll put so, him in a position to. I think it'll ultimately put him in a position to succeed just by virtue of the talent that he's going to have around him if he is thrust into those sort of on-field situations right away. Here's yeah, here's the interesting thing with this, because Winston, his contract right now, he has just a one-year deal, $4 million contract, <laughs> becomes unrestricted free agent after this year. 
Derek Carr signed a pretty big deal. I don't have his details, but he's been a quarterback for a while. And I also think about like Derek Carr is what thirty two years old. Does that sound right? He's been around for a while. Yeah, he's been in the league since twenty fourteen. Yeah, but it, but it's not like people are like oh, what's his name? Russell Wilson signed a gigantic deal because people are like oh, they'll play till mid forties like Tom Brady. It's like well, hold off there. That's not exactly the norm. Yeah, Derek Carr's thirty just turned thirty two like a month or so, two months ago. So mm-hmm. he and he's there through. It's just NFL contracts are funny. You know what? You know what his base salary is next year, Matt? One point five million. <laughs> his base salary in twenty six, if he's on the roster, fifty million dollars. Well, you have to remember this is the Saints we're talking about who routinely perform wizardry uh, when it comes to no, circumventing the salary cap. No, the salary cap is fake. I, I admit, I, I, I'll admit it. See, it's funny money and fake, and you can do what you want to do. Because Saints are always negative forty million, and miraculously they're perfectly fine with the next year. It's always, it's, it's fake, and the salary cap's there, but it's like it's not real. You, you can finagle mm-hmm. everyone, but it's just kind of funny to see because you got a three-year hundred million dollar or four-year one hundred fifty million dollar. I think a hundred million is guaranteed or something. But point being, so he's going to be a starter obviously for the next couple of years. And if Michael Thomas is back to even seventy percent what he's been. Their offense is legit. Like Jamal Williams broke Barry Sanders' rushing touchdown record in in Detroit, which is a pretty big deal. They draft running backs. They have, like you mentioned, Chris Lave. They have Kamara. They have, I'm probably got some tight end I'm not thinking about. But Winston's likely he's going to be a, a backup where it's like, and his deal for four billion dollars is dirt cheap for backup. So yeah. if they can keep him for that, keep him around for that little bit, it'll be something where it'll be it'll work perfectly fine for him. You know what I mean? Yes, but. Point being, he I don't think they're going to re-sign him a one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal. So probably not. This could be good news. For, no, probably not. Like because Derek Carr did have the back injury when he's having an MVP season, but that was he's been kind of iffy since then. But the Raiders yeah, that also was like seven years ago. That, much either. that was seven years ago. The back thing. It was. It was twenty sixteen. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought it was more recent than that. Okay, but okay. Well, maybe my point doesn't stand. But my being, he's the quarterback for the next couple of years. Winston. Mm-hmm. They may want him around because he's a veteran guy. He's going to be not even 30 years old, which is shocking. But it, and Taysom Hill's not going to be quarterback anymore. Like they put him in a handful of plays here and there, but he's mostly tight end, special teams guy, running mm-hmm. whatever they want. They stick him wherever. He might get like four snaps of quarterback a game. Might just kind of based on what we've seen from last year, air quotes here, officially a tight end. If Hayner can beat out Ian Book, they, and I know I'm projecting quite a bit, fifth round quarterback, but there are 12 quarterbacks taken. People want quarterbacks. There's a future I could see in a couple of years where they don't want they don't want Winston. They don't bring in like an Andy Dalton type guy or even late year Ryan Tannehill to be a backup in a couple of years. If he does well enough and we've seen what he could do in Jeff Tedford's offense, people like Jeff Tedford for the handful of quarterbacks, obviously Aaron Rodgers, number one, there could be a chance, like depending on what they want to draft, like, he could be nearing in a couple of years, be a guy. But it's also hard when you, after four years, three, three to four years, if he, he's still there, I could see a future, but if you squint hard enough, I could see where it's a good pick where he could slide in to be the backup within like three years, yeah. two to three years. I don't think that's too far fetched. No, I don't think so either. So it's it's a pretty good spot for him. It's we'll see what they do with Winston. I think they had to keep Winston because remember they had Winston before before they're looking at. I don't remember. Besides Derek Carr, I forget who they're looking at, but they're looking at a lot of different people, and they settled kind of settled on Carr a little bit, and so. The, the reason, the only real reason they have Winston was emergent break in case of emergency to be starting quarterback again. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't know if he'll be around after this next year. And that could put if he beats out Ian Book, real possible. I, I don't see why that's too far fetched. Draft for the quarterback back to back years. So that could that could be a thing too. So, all right, who else do we got drafted? Who's next? Who's the next person drafted? Is it speaking um, speaking of really good situations? Oh yeah, three like pick, three My picks Cowboys. later, Viliami Fajoko. Going to your Dallas Cowboys in the fourth round. Heck yeah. Team up with Micah Parsons. That's a pretty big deal, right? Play that type of guy. So 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 uh, so tell tell us how that pick made you feel as a Cowboys fan. I, I like it. Like I know the Cowboys are I know there's a running back situation because Zeke Elliott's still free agent, but they got Tony Pollard there. I know they drafted another running back at some point. They but the defense has been really a deuce funny guy. I couldn't recall who it was at the moment. But I like it because the Cowboys defense, like Zayton Vander Esch is getting injured a little bit here and there as a former Boise State player. And you got Micah Parsons. They got great defenders. And what we've seen production for Hoko can do, I I don't – and being a – was a fourth-round pick? Yeah, 129. 
that's yeah. a guy who should come in and be a rotational player. And with that defense, he's not going to be asked to do a ton. He's going to come in. He's some guys come here in and there, be like go get the quarterback. Yeah, that's all he's going to do. It's like which which like also Parsons, like, to be the one thing he's very good at. <laughs> that's the thing he's amazing at. So I think it adds amazing depth for that team. And he might honestly pay what if you're a fourth round pick and that defense twenty percent snaps for the year. I mean, like twenty plays a game at most, something like that. Yeah, that sounds about and right. I could see that for fourth round pick and come in and get, like, would it be too far fetched to say he gets like two and a half sack, two and a half sacks in that production? And if he plays like uh, three hundred under there, yeah, three hundred plays a year, two and a half sacks, that's a possibility. Or mix in if you want to go yeah. TFLs overall, maybe three and a half. But because you're trying, I, you're trying very, about a, a front four that's still throwing Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons out there, like that's as yeah. good as one to punch off the edge as you're going to find anywhere in the NFL. So when those yeah, two, be... when one or both of those guys need a breather to be able to throw Poco out there in their stead, um, it's I think a very smart move on Jerry Jones's part. Second straight year that they picked, I consider to be a gem on day three out of the Mountain West. Yeah, and also it's funny they get to play Washington twice. You have you know Sam Howell's QB one. That's a good spot to get some get some sacks against that team against the Commanders. I know mm-hmm. it's it's a great pick. Like for. For whatever, Cowboys don't really have a general manager. Jerry Jones sometimes finds some guys. I think this could be a guy that could do some do some damage for them. And so it's always fun. And then we got uh, Scott Matlock to the Chargers. <sighs> Chargers, uh, boy, is there? Are they. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this Chargers. You got, you got. Well, I was just thinking offense. I'm offense the guy, but what pick was this? Was this the six round pick? Yeah, it was pick I... number two hundred exactly. I don't know. Is he going to make the team a six-round pick? That's kind of a tough proposition. I mean, I know that he was he wasn't for most of draft season. He wasn't considered a guy who was going to be drafted until he True. had an insanely good pro day, and then it served as a reminder of like, oh yeah, this guy's an athlete who could do a lot of different things. Like he can rush the quarterback from the interior. And catch mm-hmm. touchdown passes every so often if they want to. That's right. So he get two in his career, I think it is. Yeah, I believe so. And you know, same kind of thing. Like I, I think you know, given his particular draft standing, he's is it's definitely going to be maybe a little more of an uphill climb to try and make the roster. But again, you know, he's going into a situation where you know, other than like Khalil Mack, who has been sort of banged up over the last couple of years. And and Joey Bosa, who's been he's he's been banged up over the last couple of years too, right? Yeah, he's been off and on. Like the, you know, the rest of that front seven at a glance, mostly fine. Aaron Donald's awesome, obviously. <laughs> he's a he's that's the LA Rams though, not the Chargers. Oh wait, oh man, I oh my gosh, I, I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm like, wait, I go to Los I mean, Angeles. Most, of the, most pick... of the talent on the Sorry. Chargers defense is I would <laughs> say on the back end. Other other than Bosa, like you know, you talk you have guys behind him like Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr. You know, Matt Lock, I think, could definitely go in there and be in the same kind of way that we talked about with Pahoko and, and with Skinner. You know, definitely a guy who could play like you know 15, 20 percent of snaps and could make a difference in that in the, yeah, in so that part. I apologize. Role. I apologize. Just LA, I'm like, wait, Inner Donald doesn't sound right. But looking at like back to the right depth for our lads, he's ten listed as backup defensive tackle mm-hmm. behind uh, Austin Johnson there. And he was undrafted. Uh, I think an undrafted yeah, I was going to say, there's not sure. a ton of, of competitions, not a lot of like big contracts that, uh, that the chargers are going to be willing to give a longer leash than usual. So I think there's every drafted, chance that, that Matlock could go in there and, and make a contribution right away. They drafted three players on defense. Uh, if I'm correct in here, including a former Nevada Wolfpack linebacker, Diane Henley. Yeah, Don Henley. They also got Chuli Tupia Lotu from USC second round. So those two mm-hmm. guys were linebackers, not obviously not defensive ends. But then they, for a bunch of free agents, like a couple of free agents were like Terrence Lang, Jared Clark, TJ Okoye. They're all nose tackle, defensive tackle type guys, defensive ends. So there's a lot of competition. They need to fill their roster. And everybody else is pretty young. Like guys they have were like Chris Rump is uh, 21 years old, fourth round pick mm-hmm. from, I think, last year. It's crazy. And there, there's room. This could be a really good spot for him, just based on because the Chargers, like their team, like I remember last year, talk all the talk AFC West. Wait, they're in AFC West, right? With the 
Yes. Yeah, with the uh, Broncos, Seahawks, and um, Chiefs, right? Yes. No. Yes. No, no. Wait. Broncos. Wait, Raiders, where are the Raiders in then? And Chiefs. Raiders. Sorry, I made a mistake. Yeah. Oh yeah. NFC. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to think. I trying to get my NFL it's stuff the around. Like, wait, I'm not happy. It is off season, but I'm like, this didn't sound right. But point being, they're like every team's gonna make the playoffs last year. Like that clearly was not the case. And with the like, not to go to offense, but with the offense they have, like Justin Herbert's super underrated as a quarterback. They have like Keaton Allen if he's out there healthy, go doing quite well. Austin Eckler if he comes back with the team, that's a weird situation at the moment. They'd have an offense that could obviously help out the defense by putting up lots of points yeah. potentially if they live up to what we think they're able to do. And so, but like him already listed maybe backup D tackle. That's basically you're playing min about 45, 40 percent of snaps minimum because they run a three four. Yeah, I do so think he's like, going to get a lot of run and a chance to earn a starting yeah. job, maybe more so than the guys we talked about so far. Austin Johnson, who's that guy? It's like, come on, <laughs> what do we know about him? Hey, but depends. Apologies to Austin undrafted. Johnson's family. I apologize. I'm just saying general. No, like he's an undrafted free agent guy. Like he, here's how it went. Like. He's been on three teams. Oh, I apologize. Our lads does not make it clear that he played multiple years. So he's not just some random undrafted free agent guy. My mistake. He was an undrafted rookie years ago, but like he's been on a couple of teams. He's not, let's just put it this way. Apologies again to Johnson, Journey. The Austin Johnson family. Journey. Yeah. Journeyman, three teams, eight years. Not a superstar, not even Pro Bowl type level. But if you're starting to NFL, you're dang freaking good. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. Matlock can ship away and get a handful of snaps here or there from you. And who knows if they'll mix up the defense a little bit here to put I'm I'm not familiar with the Chargers specific, but this mentions a three four, but there's spots for where he can go and play. And so they're they're de- they loaded up on defense for a reason. Like if you like majority of their free agents and signings, again, three players were drafted on defense. They drafted one, two, three, four, about half and half, four and three are offensive defense. They have rookies sitting there listed that potential special team starting guy in Darius Davis. So they're looking to get young players in, but defense, like all the free agents, majority of them were on that side. A bunch of secondary guys and a handful in the just all over the place. Every position was filled up on defense. So they want somebody to step up to crack the two deep. And I think Matlock can be there. So mm-hmm. now the biggest surprise of the draft. Is this the biggest surprise? Did Mexico get uh, Jarek Reed the second drafted? I would say so. Highest draft pick since would, Clo- would... Clover Quinn. Yeah, which is it's it's not a slight toward Reed, but I was I was sort of thankful I didn't see like a lot of Seahawk fans, at least on social media, saying, Well, who the heck is this guy? Because I feel like you know, those people who you know may not have been watching a lot of New Mexico football, uh don't blame they're, not, <laughs> they're not degenerates like you and I. Um <laughs> and harder to find a little bit sometimes. But r- real ones knew that Jerick Reed the second was a very good player. And Athlete he's going into a situation good. in Seattle. Where again, like he's not going to be expected to step in and be the guy because he's going into a secondary that already has Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs and Tariq Woolen. Um, so you know he might be able to you know step in and and hold down that niche where he you know, he's a, a nickelback. You know because they brought I, I would in imagine six free agent signings for secondaries, not including Derek Green who was drafted. So they're yeah. all looking for bodies out there. Yeah, so I do think that you know given his his physical size that he is probably more likely to see more playing time inside than outside at the NFL mm-hmm. level. But I do think that he's going to get every opportunity to contribute in that part of the field. And, you know, he, he definitely has the athleticism, you know, the vertical jump and the speed to, to be a dangerous player. It's also one thing comparison, just because I thought just now he's only five, nine. There's a cornerback from Utah, Clark Phillips, who's like really, really good. And there's, Talk months to and he's a slider guy, 5'10. Like, that's how DB CBs used to be. Like, they're you'd yeah. see guys trying to guard Michael Irving, who's like 6'5. It's like it's not even a challenge, just throw the ball and they'll catch it. The guy jumps and can't even reach his, his elbow just because of if you throw it just right. So, those type mm-hmm. of DBs are like, well, are they really in style or in vogue, or whatever to play? But like, Clark Phillips, when he played in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago, he played twice, obviously. Oh, no, once he sat out, but the first time versus Iowa State, he makes plays, he makes plays all over the field. and I think a size could be a reason why it like it was a shock that Jarek Reed's drafted a little bit, mostly. Not saying if he was six one, would he be in a fourth round pick? Eh, who knows? Possibly, because you're bigger DB and can match up with these giant wide receivers. So the, you're right, well, he'd play more inside. He'd play underneath a little bit. He'd 
who guard that slot receivers traditionally, but smaller, but it, just because you're a little bit smaller, that's how DBs used to be all the time. And so that's just something to look out for. I noticed a couple guys who are smaller, just kind of slipped because of that. Doesn't mean they're not as good. It just means it's like, well, you got to figure out if you're, you're probably quicker, you can probably jump on the ball faster potentially and do a couple better things there. And we've seen Reed able to do that in New Mexico. And so I just kind of saw that height comparison, like, well, it's a, reason why these guys might get taken a little bit later or just kind of slip on a little bit. Yeah, it's all going to be really interesting to watch. And Seattle again with um um she's Pete Carroll and what remember they said Legion of Boom years ago, like Richard Sherman, those guys back there, they're really good secondary mm-hmm. guys. So they know what's going on. So and they're plenty of good guys. And Reed's kind of listed right now here is the uh second nickelback. But I don't see why there wouldn't be a chance for him to get with what they've signed at the moment, there's not like, there's no, who are they going to get at this point free agency? There's nobody out there. That's really that great. And so yeah. they drafted, they get draft for purpose. They're drafting for whoever they know what they're doing. All right. So we, um, who looking through the free agents type stuff, we went through it. There's a big list of who signed where was there a shock or surprise? Like going through, there's a bunch. What was there? 30, I believe. Is that the number we had? 20 something. There's a lot. There's a lot. Or, do you have an idea? Like who going through the list? Because you mostly put it together. Like who made a good, good impression of where they're going? That could be a good spot. I have a couple guys here. Anybody particularly like? Oh, that's a really good place to play potentially if they make a team as an undrafted so, guy or get close to it. So if you'll allow me to stump for Jalen Marino Cropper for a minute. I still kind of can't believe that there were two Stanford receivers drafted and 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 Jalen Moreno Cropper was not drafted. Stanford, yikes! He goes to Cowboys. You got you got got Stanford wide receivers getting drafted. I don't get it. I saw that Stanford team last year. I'm just not good. And good, and granted, it's it's going to be a very crowded field of pass catchers in Dallas because, of course, they still have Michael Gallup. They just traded for Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, CD Lamb is still there, and then you still have to uh, you know compete against guys probably uh, more likely. You know, guys like Simi Pahoko yeah. and Jalen Tolbert. So it's not going to be like the easiest competition, but I would not be surprised if Moreno Cropper was able to win a roster spot especially given that he's also able to contribute like Skinner on special teams. Also to be considered Cowboys don't have a tight end at the moment. So that could help another pass catcher take one of those spots away potentially. Yeah. I mean, they do and they don't because they do have Jake Ferguson. Yeah. They also drafted Luke Schoonmaker. Yeah. And they have a free agent and Prince of fan, but like nobody, mm-hmm. you know, like they don't have um, Dalton Schultz from last year. Like there's talk. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to get a, it was a John Kincaid from Utah, but that did not work out for them because the uh, Bills traded. I think I think the Bills traded up to get him, but I know he, he was on the radar of a lot of teams that mid twenties, and the Bills ended up picking him. But like, what do we play? Production matters. Like, if you're good, they'll find you. And so he's still probably to make the team. It's still difficult. But then again, the Cowboys' offense throws the ball a lot, so they're going to want to have multiple wide receivers. The running situation is different because they now have Tony Pollard. As the guy, and they again, you mentioned they drafted Deuce Vaughn, they have um, Leek Davis back there, but there's nobody, and Ronald Jones apparently still is on this team somehow, but from Kansas City and USC years ago. So it's, they're gonna, and I think when, what was it? Was it the year, remember the, when, when did Dak Prescott get her, get her like two years ago when he got that ankle injury? I think so, it was yeah. a couple years ago. They were like, he was like on pace, like Cowboys off. I don't think it was like six games. Like they were crushing records. They're throwing the ball like crazy, scoring tons of points. There's rooms to get the ball. And also, I don't trust Brandon Cooks. I've owned him in fantasy football and I've seen him play live on the Houston Texans. He is, let's see, three for 122 or like literally one for nine catching the ball. He's like boomer, literal boomer bust type of player. He's good when and he's so, healthy. Yeah. When, again, win, which is not very often. Like he, I remember he had stretch of games where he had like 500 yards, like seven catches and like four touchdowns in a couple game stretch. But he's not gonna, he's not gonna be a guy who's gonna get you eight catches for 115. And like he's not that type of guy. It's big plays and that's it. So, in health wise, I don't really trust him to play 10 games a year. So, there, I think there's room and we've seen him play, Matt. Like Jake Hayner, they, Fresno's offense, pro offense, they shotgun like Dak Prescott does. They throw the ball a lot. He makes plays. 
I like that. Um, so do you think, what are the chances you think he'll make the, uh, the roster? Like it's pretty steep. I mean, it's an uphill battle. I, so I think if I'm being totally honest, it's probably under 50%, but not that far under 50%. I'd go like maybe mid upper thirties. Mm-hmm. Somewhere on those. The one guy who I like got picked up. So, I mean, we mentioned Buffalo Bills where they got a, a tight, end, tight end, and which is kind of weird because I know they have Dawson Knox there, but they got Dalton Kincaid. But let's go to his teammate, Jordan Mims, goes to Buffalo as well because Buffalo had um, Zach Moss from Utah. I didn't really stick around. I think they have David Montgomery at the moment. But when they pick up Jordan Mims, who does not quite what, um, oh, shoot, Ronnie Rivers did, but kind of a little kind of in that neighborhood of, Catch and run, catch and run the ball. And mm-hmm. with Josh Allen saying, "I'm not going to run as much just because he wants to actually play long term NFL," and so he's going to kind of limit that. And with them not having anything really great or deep at running back, I think there could be a chance for what he his versatility could be to potentially make that Bills roster. And because running back is a spot of need for that team, like they everything else is good. Like they got um, they got Gabriel, they have. All these wide receivers out there for the, I think they have, still, they still have Stefan Diggs, I believe. They have a lot yes. of uh, g- good wide receivers out there. Gabe Davis, excuse me. Yeah. And Kulil Shakir, who's number one from Boise State. They drafted Justin Shorter this year. But running back, it's like, oh, yeah, they picked up. Oh, actually, they made some moves. My bad. Let me make, let me adjust who they have here James Cook and Damian Harris. I think they're trying to get Montgomery from the Bears, but that didn't happen. So, like, they're nothing spectacular to running back position. Like, nine. Like Naheem Hines is there. It's like, okay, Latavius Murray. It's like, those guys don't scare me for to see for not just Mims, but anybody they brought in at running back as an undrafted, which he was the only one, to move up to maybe be running back three potentially. Hmm. Hines, ret- Hines returns kicks, so that's why he might potentially stay on the roster. But that running back group doesn't scare me to think Jordan Mims could potentially break through and have a shot and be if he make. I don't know if they make a team, but be make it through like that final week of cuts. I think that's a real possibility. Mm-hmm. They don't have a good running back situation, I don't think. I mean, it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's whatever. Yeah, it's room for improvement. Okay. That's my point. Yeah, there's room. And Jordan Mims could be the improvement there potentially. Any like who who else you looking at that could make potentially like, oh, that guy didn't get drafted. That guy's a good spot to go. So I will say. I'll say that, you know, despite the fact that I think they spent a couple of draft picks on their offensive line, signing Tennessee, signing John Ajupu, Boise mm-hmm. State offensive tackle, could be a steal. And I know that there's at least one draft analyst, and I, I saw the tweet and it, it escapes me right now, so I apologize for that. But he basically remarked that Ajupu was the favorite free agent signing the Titans had made. I think it was Justin Mello. Um, I It'd apologize be, yeah. that I don't have that in front of me, but you know, given that you know the the the, the tackle situation for the Titans right now is you know Andre Dillard and Nicholas Petit Frere, you know it's it does, it's not impossible that that Ojuku could win a backup spot behind those guys. I can totally see that. Like we see his production and when he can play, but so it's it's also would. If you're looking at a whole unit for a Boise State's offensive line is done, it's like, eh, it's uh, not the best mm-hmm. look. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though it's not necessarily his fault. I think it's an offensive line where he could definitely carve out a role for himself. I just saw a guy, Jesse Matthews. Do you know where he got picked up at to go to? Uh, yeah, he got signed by Houston. The Texans, my other football team I enjoy, sometimes watch him win. Yeah, it's been a minute. So, their wide receiver group, they did get CJ Stroud number one. Great pick, in my opinion. They drafted a couple guys like Tank Dell in the third round, Xavier Hutchinson, sixth round. Besides that, like Robert Woods, fine. Do you know, like Nico Collins? Kind of heard of him, maybe. John Mechie, sort of. Noah Brown? No, I don't know. You got Amari Rogers from Green Bay? Okay. Jalen Camp, Steven Sims. Like they, they're a bunch of nobodies. There. Okay, hold on, hold on. I think you might be underrating at least Mechie a little bit because Mechie was a second round pick. Was he not last year before he because he was yeah, at Alabama and then he got hurt for a time? So I think they, they definitely I'm just eased saying, him into things. I'm just saying, overall, 
But overall, they also, they also nothing drafted great. two other wide receivers. They also drafted Tank Dell from yeah. Houston and Xavier yeah, Hutchinson from Iowa State. I hear you. But I will say, other than Mechie, other than Robert Woods, yeah, they, I could, I could see it. I could see him. I could see him making camp as a as a kick and punt returner and a sort of that fifth wide receiver. Yeah, I know. Oh, Tank Tank Dell does out, so he's probably got that locked down. But I'm just saying, like yeah. the overall the depth of this. Like we talked about the Cowboys, what they had. This this is nothing. Like there's they're doable. okay. They're starting. Yeah, doable. That's what I'm pointing. Like, and we've seen when he gets the ball thrown to, he makes he can make plays. And so I think mm. it's a sneaky spot where there can be potential to see him make this roster. I just because here's the thing: Tank Dell's not getting cut. Obviously, third round pick. Xavier Hutchinson. We'll see. Like, who the heck is Noah Brown from Dallas? I'm like, sorry, Brown family. Went to Ohio State, been in the league for a couple of years. But, like, he's been on a lot of IR injury type stuff. So he's kind of been not super healthy at the Cowboys the past couple of years. Like, he's barely played. So I just think for oper- – if you look at opportunity chances, this – like, Amari Rodgers, Amari Rodgers with Green Bay? Yeah, he played Darren Rodgers, but it's, like, not much Mid-round going on. Mid-round washed out. That's, that's someone you yeah. can beat in a, in a, in a fall uh, camp. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's chance. Like, he's not like all you got to be is number be a top eight wide receiver. You make this team. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too difficult. It, it, it well, okay. I say that relatively speaking, obviously, but with, with who they have, it's like there's there's. I know we're being super optimistic, folks. Like, okay, yeah, you're stopping for these guys. But when Matthews gets the ball last year, like you you've been on bid bid quite I think it should be quite high on Jesse Matthews when he plays well and tell me like, hey, he's a good player. Watch for him. I just think the Texans are so bad of a team. If you can stay down a little bit, you'll make you'll make your mark. Exactly. Can we discuss your favorite player that did not get drafted, but got a free agent signing from Nevada? Are you talking about Don Peterson? Of course, he's your man, Don I'm Peterson. So, I'm so disappointed. He, has anybody picked him up yet? Because our list still says just Toa Tau. Has he been picked up yet? I don't think so. Why not? He makes plays. He makes plays, but as as I mentioned in the uh, um, you know in the draft profile, he he comes into the draft you know definitely sort of undersized in the sense that he doesn't really have NFL length, which is why. And I just looked this up and, and found this that he actually signs to go to the CFL. Okay. So he's going to be, I believe, going to Toronto and playing for the Argonauts good for him because like he's a player like he can make plays again sometimes it's a size thing it's like it's unfortunate you're productive productive but you just yeah. can't and handle he's that. and of course you know he's not the only one from the from the mountain west to have gone to the cfl so like there's no shame in it you know cody bajardo has been really successful up there for a while was it the first pick from fresno state to the that's CFL? right dante bull uh you know you canadian himself british columbia number one overall pick which I think, and, and my research could be wrong because I just did like two minutes of research on Wikipedia, but I believe, I believe Fresno State and Oklahoma are now the only two schools that have had a first overall pick in both the NFL and the <laughs> CFL draft. Go for it. Excellent. There could be others. If you feel like correcting me, you can catch us at on Twitter at MWC Wire. So I mentioned... Before the draft, like one guy who can maybe surprise pick Alfred Edwards from Utah State. Mm-hmm. He uh, fortunately not get drafted, and his chances are slim because he got a Chicago Bears and Broncos minicamp invite. I'm kind of surprised because he is pretty productive. I know he got hurt, and it could be, again, any injury, they're like, red flag, you're out of here, we don't want you, unless you're supposed to be really, 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 like Mechie, really, really, really good, and we'll take a chance on you just because. And we know you may not be a you instead of being a top twenty five pick, you're a number seventy six pick or something. So I was kind of bummed to see him not necessarily get even an undrafted pick because if you're a mini camp invite, that's basically there just to show up and be a body for a, a minute against the guys who are undrafted guys. Like mm-hmm. Logan Bonner got two in, invites to Bills and Colts. You guys like Brian Cobbs, all Utah State guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the, when when you get the mini camp invites, like you're there, but it's like. You're hoping to press somebody to notice you do something or do anything, so it's uh it's a, those are tough spots to be into. But I do like uh yeah. we have two two running backs here. Let's go to let's start with Titus Swen. He went to the Colts as a undrafted uh, player, and they're gonna have Jonathan Taylor there. 
And with what Swen has done, obviously when he came in as behind Xavier and Val, Xavier Val, Valade a couple years ago, kind of took over that starting spot. He's shown to be able to handle the way Wami runs the ball, which is a lot because that's what they want to do. And after Jonathan Taylor, they do have Zach Moss to trade it for. So there, there's a lot of spine. They brought in a couple free agent guys in draft. They got Evan Hull. So that might be hard to get in there, but the way he runs and moves, like, I don't know if he'll make it, but the way he plays, you seem like he'd be an NFL running back or get a chance, at least on practice squad, for the amount of carries and production he got at, at with the Cowboys and Craig Bull. Well, other than Taylor and Zach Moss, who they just signed, it seems like the rest of that competition could be wide open. I think the it big is, question is just it seems like it seems like the big takeaway from the Colts draft in particular is that they went out and got a bunch of athletes, mm-hmm. like on on both sides of the ball in this draft. And I think, of course, case in point, Anthony Richardson going what fourth overall. Um, yeah, but you know he wasn't the only one. You know Josh Downs getting selected in the third round. Um, you know Juju Brands the cornerback in the second round. So like yeah, the the Colts had Great a particular seasons. emphasis in mind. And so I think the question yeah. is, you know, does, is Swen going to be able to fit that kind of athleticism? I, I, but I, I do think he can because I think he's a tough runner. And I think his ability to break into to force missed tackles mm-hmm. is going to give him a shot to stick. And didn't Taylor get hurt last year, I believe, a little bit? Yes. So if that, Zach Moss is just okay about flow. They did draft uh, Northwestern running back Evan Hole in the fifth round. So there's always chances. It's hard to predict because mm-hmm. all I really got to do is beat out. Deion Jackson is technically listed as running back three, the running back from Duke, who was wave practice squad activated up and down last year with the Colts. So that three spots pretty wide open for whoever it may be, whether it's Hull, Titus Swen, Jake Funk, or the other undrafted free agent Darius Hagans they brought in. So there's a legit <laughs> shot. One of these guys who didn't get drafted could take that number three spot. And maybe Swen could be that guy. Like it'd be tough, but this is one of the better spots where teams, especially with injury-wise, new running back, new coaching staff. There's no, I know Taylor's a guy because he's drafted so high and how well he's been doing and played in his first two years. But there's no like prejudice to be your bias towards the backup, even though technically, yeah, they brought in Zach Moss at trade for Buffalo. But that's more of like, well, let's get backup running back who's been in the league for a couple of years and see, and he'll be able to hold over Jonathan Taylor. Plus, what if they bring in like who's going to start a quarterback like this? There's Things are wide open. Like Gardner Minshew is going to start over Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Maybe they're not starting Sam Ellinger. I don't think so. There could be some weirdness going on in the Colts' upcoming season. So they never yeah. like it's it's wide open for a lot of spots for for this team. And so I think Swen has maybe even better, slightly better chance for Moreno Cropper to make a team by a little bit. Is that too bold? I wouldn't think so. Okay. Um, do you have anybody else you want to go through? I have one other guy I want to talk about if you if you don't have anybody go else at the moment. Calvin Tyler Jr. went to the Bengals. Former team that went to the Super Bowl recently, Bengals with Joe Burrow. So they're running back. I don't end up trying now. I'm gonna guess. It is it's still Joe Mixon. Am I correct on that? Are you familiar? Joe Mixon, they also drafted Chase Brown in the fifth round. Fifth round. And Joe Mixon's been fine. Is that fair to say? Can I good. say it that way? Yeah, he's been, he's been pretty good. He's been, and so they did drive. But again, Chase Brown's the fifth. The, our what our lad says, and again, it's not like gospel and like, oh, this is a definitive depth chart. The fifth round draft pick is listed as running back two. Yeah, they do have Tav- Tavion Williams, who is from Texas A and M, has been around for the Bengals for the past couple of years. But he's like at, looking here, activated from practice squad three to four times the past couple of years. So he's a fringe NFL type guy. And then they do have Chris Evans from drafted um, how long ago? The glass a couple years ago. Yeah, or twenty twenty one. Excuse me. Yeah, what was that three two two drafts ago? So it's a lot of young guys. And then they brought in Jacob Sailors. And I'm high in Kevin Tyler because he was a quite. There's an injury thing too. Remember two years ago he got hurt when he's leading the conference in rushing midway through, and then poof, kind of got hurt was done. But I think he has a chance to uh, potentially make it there too. So. I think there's a shot after Joe Mixon to be running back three, two or three. Like there's an there's an open possibility. I can see that. 
All right. Any other draft stuff we need to get to, or we need to hustle up and get to some portal stuff before we wrap it up here? I think we can talk portal and uh, sort of wrapping up spring practice. All right. So what do you got for portal stuff? Like portal officially ended part two last, what, April? April. They changed the dates on it. Last, it ended last week, I believe, right? Yeah, I believe it's Recent. like two weeks in April. Something like that. They changed the dates on this last minute. So we're, when you, we're going through spring football, like who was any like late exits? Because my thoughts on exits, if you leave at this point, like you're in trouble. Because if you leave early, you could have gone to a spring camp or find a spot. But now the guys who are leaving, in my opinion, the talent is less because you already know crap. I'm beat out. I'm running back three or defensive back three or nickel number three whatever you're lower on the depth chart than what you thought you would be and competing to be on the two deep, it would be quite difficult. So leaving now, now see, I, it's not hard. Don't I, that's my know. I don't know if I agree with that sentiment. Why is that? Because you know, some of the, some of the guys that were brought in or that, that came in the first time the transfer portal was open are mm-hmm. already on the way back out. And in some cases, like, and I'm thinking particularly of Isaiah Affance, who, you know, committed to San Jose State, was Montana State's all-time leading rusher, um, you know, committed back in January, the first time the transfer portal was open, went yeah. through spring practice, um, headed to the portal, and now he's committed to Cal. That's a weird scenario to do that. I guess you can do that. How is he able to? How is he able to transfer that quickly again after you commit to a school? Is it out of here now? I, you know, I I could not tell you the particulars of it. All I can tell you though is that he's not the only one in that situation. Um, you know, two other guys that come to mind who did the same thing. You know, one Gary Quarles, running back at UNLV, who had committed. Uh, I, I think he was from like an FCS program. I forget exactly where. I apologize. Um, but, you know, he went into the portal shortly after the Rebels wrapped up spring practice, along with like, you know, three other Rebels running backs, Javon Wilson went to the portal, Spencer Briggs, Mm -hmm. Samuel Green. Like you look, you look at the Rebels roster right now and there's only three running backs listed. Yeah, because lost Aiden Robbins to BYU. That's a big loss. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, you know, and I think it was Steve Copeland who put out a tweet from like, I think the first week or so of UNLV's spring practice season. And it was, it was a picture or a list of the six running backs that were on the roster. Half those guys are gone now. And that was after Robbins had already left. So theoretically, all of those guys were in a competition to, you know, if not be the same kind of bell cow guy that, that Robbins himself was. To at least be part of a, a committee that would likely get a lot of work. Um, you know, but and and you know, another guy like you know, Preston Nichols, who may have been UNLV's best offensive lineman last year, you know, after transferring in from uh, Charleston Southern, he transfers out, he's already committed to Purdue. Um, but I mean, other than other than Afonso, other than Quarles, you know, you look at a guy like um, you know, Malone Maraele, the safety uh from Utah State who transferred in state from Utah on his way back out now. And it's so, you know, weird. in the case it's of so the weird. Aggies, he's hardly alone. Like they've continued to deal with like a ton of exits um, after spring practice. And so, you know, it's not like the guys that are going in are nobodies, you know, there's at least like one, you know, mildly to very surprising name from every team, just about like Deshaun Woods, for example, from Wyoming, mm-hmm. You know, yes. this time last year, he was the highest rated recruit Wyoming had ever picked up, four star guy out of Nebraska. Um, you know, he's gone. Mataele is gone. Um, you know, Jalen Henderson, quarterback at Fresno State, who was in the competition Today. with other guys, you know, like Mike Keene uh, and Logan Five, he transferred out. Now he's at Texas AM. Why? So, Why does he go there? He's not making Fresno State. He's not starting for Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher. That's just weird. I have no idea what what the Aggies quarterback <laughs> situation looks like. I just know it was it's not pretty great. Bad I know last that. year, so you yeah. never know. Um, so, and which is, and maybe I was sort of overselling a little, a little bit to say that there's at least one surprising name for every team. But I will say that you know, in some cases, you know, these are not guys who, you know, if they had stuck around, were 
I, I still think they could have stuck around and won competitions or at least That's been weird. a contributor in some respects. It's, all, it's also new because this is the first full year they had the portal transfer window, which I like the December one or January. One, it's just a complete mess. There's too much going on. Mm-hmm. But I, my thought would be, it's kind of a, we don't know because people, it's brand new. Like there's no guidance like, Hey, if you transfer in or try spring or whatnot, whatever your options are, it's new for everybody, the coaches, the players, the families, whatever you're looking at for a new school. It could be, I know they're there to, yes, go to school, but it could be, well, maybe the school isn't the fit I want to, or they show up in Wyoming or Logan in these places in the wintertime. They don't want to hang out in the winter when they mm-hmm. realize like, holy crap, this weather's bad. But my, my assumption was, and maybe it's incorrectly, I just would think if you're moving on now at this point, would be because you were beaten out for a position. That would be no. logical sense, but that may not be the case. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, in, the, in the flip side of all of that, is that there are there are some other Mountain West teams who have who wrapped up spring practice, and they're picking up guys from the portal. And I think the mm-hmm. best recent example of that is Colorado State picking up Kobe Johnson, who you know played at North Dakota State was an all-conference type of guy for you know multiple seasons he was in, you know an all-newcomer um in the missouri valley conference back in 2019 he was their you know, second leading rusher last year over 600 yards over six yards of carry and considering that the rams in particular have have a huge question mark on their hands right now because you know avery morrow's you know status with the team is still very much in the air he was arrested back in january still on indefinite suspension. So most of the work, according to Carrie, uh, Kevin Lytle from the Colorado end, this spring went to you know guys who didn't see a lot of playing time last year, walk-on type guys. So a contributor like Johnson, even if he wasn't with the team in the spring, and now that he's in four cons, I would have to imagine that if things aren't sorted out tomorrow, he could get every opportunity to win that job. Yeah, there's all the possibilities. It's uh, yeah, I, it, there are chances there. It's just it's so new and trying to keep track of everything. It's so much to know who, who is going to be. It's a lot. Why there's all like we you do a great job. Majority of, like probably ninety five percent, not more, is you doing the portal updates, getting tweets. We'll send some DMs. You'll find a lot of stuff here. But like a couple that are weird. Like let me ask you about this. So I just pulled up right now. I'm just kind of scrolling through a couple of teams. Patrick McMorris. Why the heck would you want to go to Cal from state from San Diego State? Because uh, he wants to be the new Daniel Scott. Okay, that's a good reason. And Daniel Scott, um, we didn't we didn't mention him because obviously why would he? But he was a fifth. Yeah, round why would we? <laughs> in he was a fifth. Round, I, I think it's because I was we were looking through like rosters on our lads, and I remembered seeing his name on one of them. But okay. he was a fifth round draft <laughs> in, in the in the draft, and so you know. I would have to think that, you know, if he can go in and learn from Justin Wilcox, who, you know, yep. for all the Golden Defense Bears' coach. faults, like they've still had pretty good defenses over the last handful of years. Um, and I guess you could play against USC, Utah, Oregon, Washington, a bit better competition. Yeah, like he's going to a place like Cal for the same reason that a guy like Emmanuel Pregnon, you know, Wyoming guard, you know, picked up and left for USC. Yeah, Solomon Bird last year before, yeah. I I I just I was going through this list. I'm like, I forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember he left. Like, oh, he goes to Cal. So the portal's just weird. Like it'll balance out next couple years to kind of figure out like because I know somebody on Twitter, I forget what it was, they looked at our list and made like a percentage of charts of like where what level these players are going to. Cause like yeah, the I, mean, I think, I like, think oh. it was for Utah State in particular. Oh, was Utah State in particular? It, They're it just going through because I think it was a Utah State follower of ours. Okay, I just remember Glade said they put a percentage of who went to up, who basically went to P5, G5, was no football, and then FCS or below. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Like, that's because in college basketball, it's like, I remember buddy Eli Betker would do all this stuff all the time. Like, hey, or Andy Dudkoff, they kind of look at where are they transferring to? Because once you leave, your scholarship, some schools may not take you back because, oh, your scholarship's <laughs> gone. Whatever. We're going to hold it for somebody. But you look at where they transfer, like, are they going up, down, or are they just out of football because they're done? Like, um, who was it for San Jose State? Was it Kate Hall who's, who retired essentially recently? Yeah. Is that who it was? Yeah. We mm-hmm. have guys like, let's say they're just, I'm looking at a couple of names here, like Air Force, a guy goes to Jaded for 
prefer about him goes to a junior college. You have another guy going to Independence Community College. You have guys going to Indian, Indiana Wesley NAIA. You have guys going to going up, like a couple of Boise State guys are following Frank Miley to a BYU, to, so they're going up. You have guys going to Michigan I mean, State. I, guys if, you're going looking, with if you're looking for more recent examples, you know, I think yeah. some of the, you know, it, we mentioned Defonce a minute ago. You mentioned McMorris mm-hmm. a minute ago, both of which went to Cal. And we mentioned Preston yeah. Nichols. But, you know, beyond that, you know, Byron Bonds, for example, uh, Utah State defender, uh, ended up at Baylor, Caden Becker, the uh, yeah. quarterback, you know, turned, I think they were trying to turn him into a defensive end at Wyoming. He ended up in Nebraska. So I would say that, you know, for the most part, you know, it was, it's maybe been like, you know, at least as far as like the most recent entries into the transfer portal over the last couple of weeks, that it's been yeah. maybe like 30, 70 of guys who are moving up to a power five program, which yeah, is so you gotta, like, you know, a not Josh insignificant Kelly, number. Yeah. And then, but then uh, I'm looking at this list. I'm seeing almost, uh, maybe it's a good article to do once we go through the list and we update it, but it looks like it's most majority, maybe six is going to a G5. And then the splitting the other two are going up or down level. Like their other 50%, it seems like. I think that's kind of just a cursory glance of me scrolling through. <laughs> when I mean go down to level, I mean FCS, D2, D3, JUCO. So no, there's yeah, obviously more, more schools to go to, but it looks like it's kind of like those uh, going up and going down or I guess a minority than the going across the G5 is kind of not necessarily a majority, but at least leading the plurality of maybe 40 mm-hmm. to 50%. I know 50% is not a whatever 40 to 40 90 for to be technically accurate bullying purposes. Yeah. So there's just a lot. Like, I think what they were going through, see the best guys in out the portals. God, like who's the best lot worst lost or <laughs> oh, <laughs> excuse me, best newcomer. But there are so many players going to leave. It's hard to keep track. And so this roster management for us and for the teams, whew, oh boy, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't envy the teams. <laughs> there's like, it's like, I, I Pascal, we were thinking about like, like it takes a special person. If you want to be a college football coach, I'm like, for me, I'm like, why would you ever want to do that job? Despite I love the sport, it's my favorite thing to watch and talk about and just consume. I would have no patience for that. I could, I could not handle it. Like that now with the portal, more players can move more quickly and easily, which is great for them. But if you're managing a roster, it's like, holy crap. No, <laughs> I don't want any part of this. It's <laughs> hard. Yeah, you get paid the big, big bucks if you're a certain coach, but. If you're that random recruiting coordinator or you're the quarterback's coach, you're not getting Uber bucks. You're paid well. We're not making the two to ten million dollar range that some of these coaches get to keep track of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not a job I want, but I've decided a long time ago that no, not for me, <laughs> if anybody cares about it. My takes, it definitely takes a certain kind of temperament. It's like I'd rather be an NFL coach. Like I remember, I think I was listening to Split Zone Do with Stephen Godfrey's chat with some guy who did college NFL. And it was like mid-June. He's like, he's like, the guy he's talking to, he didn't say who it was. You, you may or may not remember this because you listened to it too. He's like, hey, think about this. We had this whole lunch. My phone never rang one time on June 10th, whatever it was. He's like, <laughs> if I was a college guy, it would have been probably would have rang 36 times. Whether you're organizing a camp, you are recruiting a player, talking to your, trying to keep a guy in your team, preparing for something. NFL guys actually have breaks. I, don't know, I just brought that up because the portals is wild. And we try to keep track of it. And I can't imagine what they try to do. I bet they're hitting F5 of that portal, the portal and log in every time. Like, all right, who's available? Who's available? Wait, my guys are there. Holy crap. No, I mean, it, it, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, they stay on top of it for very good reason. Like, you know, case in point, um, I think this was from earlier today, if I'm not mistaken. But UNLV, who we just talked about a moment ago, losing a bunch of running backs, just picked one up from uh, from William and Mary. Uh, Donovan Lester, who, you know, to to sort of your overall point, last year, 2022, he was a second-team all-conference guy for the Tribe. You know, has over 1,000 yards and, and 13 touchdowns over the last two seasons. So, like, he you know, ran for, I believe, seven yards carry last year for William & Mary. Pretty good. So, again, he could step in and, and be a guy to, you know, contribute. So, you know, he's he's the kind of guy, and he's not alone in this. Which I think we'll talk about more probably in future podcasts. 
but you know, we have some other topics to get to in the next week or two that, that as sort of a, a way to tease it has given me a lot of insight into guys that I think most Mountain West fans will want to keep an eye on. It's given me a greater deal of uh, a familiarity with guys that I did not know much about. We'll, yeah, we'll figure that out. It'll be, there's going to be a lot of get to know the rosters this upcoming summer, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, anything else to add about the portal or draft stuff we can get into? We've been kind of, we're hitting our mark typically, but just over an hour. I think we're all set. All right, so MWR.com. We will have lots of stuff. Matt's already working on stuff where we're all involved, like position ranking units. We're going to do, I, we're going to, I'm going to do some stuff I did last year. It's like, how does the FPI and FP plus like these Mountain West teams? I know you did a big picture thing, but I'm going to kind of go through each each uh, schedule a little bit. So look for that kind of fun type of stuff. And it's giving me that time not to put too much pressure on any map, but our top 50 countdown needs to, we as a group, we start compiling who makes that list. of. Uh, I've got, a, I've got at least six weeks before I got to start thinking about that. I know. I'm just, I'm saying it's on the horizon. You can kind of see it. The sun's <laughs> coming up a little bit. You're getting there. It's, it's right no, I over the hill. We'll get to it, but it'll be great. We'll be back to doing more consistent podcasts as well. Not that I'm not freaking sick for the past month. Stuff slowed down a little bit, but we'll keep giving you stuff throughout the off season. And yeah, just tell a friend, tell three friends you like the show. It'd be appreciative appreciative to us. And um, yeah, just uh, head to MWR.com and let everybody know you like what we're doing. If you don't like it, just keep it to yourself, please. But still. Still, please listen, and uh, we'll get you next time.